0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast coming at you on Halloween morning. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are, whether you're listening to this before you go trick or treating, whether you're looking to possibly listen to this on Monday morning on your commute to work. Either way, hope you're having a fantastic one. Brandon Marcus here to chat some Los Angeles Clippers basketball. On this pod, we're just going to break down the last five games because I think there's been a little bit of an overreaction, a little bit of an underreaction. It's odd to say that, but it's about certain players when you talk about underreaction, overreaction in the team at large as well. Before we get there, folks, You've heard me talk about where I'm betting, and I'm betting at my bookie. Ever since I started this podcast, people are always asking me where I bet. They're asking me who I'm betting on, and I tell them I'm going to MyBookie.ag. Their rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. The only place that I trust, whether it's the Saturday morning Premier League bets that I'm betting, whether it's the NBA bets, the NFL Sunday bets, the college football bets, MMA, whatever you want, they've got it. They've got odds boosts as well. They just try to give away free cash. They want you to be there, they want you to bet, and they want you to win. And who else wants you to win? The guys at the HoopBall Gaming Department. They do a great job in giving out great plays. You check out all the guys that are there on that team. They are forthcoming. They tell you when they win, they tell you when they lose, and frankly, they have done a great job winning of late. It's simple. Sign up, enter the promo code HoopBall. Get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. That is the promo code Hootball. And get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand dollars. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best, bet with my bookie. All right, so the Clippers have started one in four. And if you've listened to this pod, I was talking about the first 15 games of the season and how realistically you looked at 10 and 5, 11 and 4, the schedule was certainly very kind. To the Clippers when it came out. It's not kind when you look at the five games in seven days and all that madness, but when you look at the schedule and the opponents the Clippers have early on, frankly, there's a lot of easy wins before the season started. Granted, the Warriors are a pretty good team, so that initial loss, you lost by two, that's fine. Then you go and you lose to the Grizzlies by six at home, you beat the Blazers and you absolutely destroy them by 30. Then you lose to the Cavs at home by 13. Unacceptable. You lose at Portland. And normally I would say, you know what? You win, lose at Portland. Portland's a tough place to play. But the Clippers have dominated the Blazers of late. I think it was a 10 or 11 straight wins against the Blazers, and they had held Lillard in check for a long time. And to lose in the fashion they lost it is just not great. And so I want to talk about some overall stuff that has stood out before I get to some individual players, because – I do want to talk about Eric Bledsoe. There's been a lot of talk about possibly shaking up the starting lineup, and I'll offer my thoughts on that. And I want to talk about PG and just a couple of other players that have really stood out. So Justin Russo, who I have talked about a bunch on this podcast, at Fly by Night on Twitter, he posted something interesting. And he said that, based on the shot quality data, the Clippers should be 4-1. Instead, they're 1-4. in four. They're plus .10 adjusted shot quality rating, which frankly, I don't know exactly what that means, is second in the NBA behind just the Jazz, which is obviously your second in something. That's pretty good. So the Clippers should be better, but they're missing a lot of open shots, which is very much something you see with the eye test. I, I mean, it's very obvious the Clippers have been absolutely dreadful from deep. I mean, you look just most recently, the game against the Blazers, the Clippers were 15 of 42 from three. And I like that they're taking this many threes, 35 and a half percent, not great. PG six of nine. And this will kind of go with the theme of the podcast, but nobody else has really helped out PG. I mean, you look at the game that they lost before that against Cleveland, where they lost by 13 and from three, if you look at the numbers, they were nine of 41 and PG was zero for eight in that game. So you take away PGs and they were nine for 33. That's not good. It's not going to cut it. Bledsoe's got to be better. Luke Kennard, who had a pretty decent game last time out, has got to be better. And here's the thing, is that when you miss this many threes and you're so reliant on PG, you become more reliant on certain guys that shouldn't be a number two type player. Luke Kennard is not a number two play, type player. Eric Bledsoe's not a number two type player. After the first game, we thought, wow, Eric Bledsoe looked really good. He could possibly be that guy. If you listen to me and Shab, Shab and I were talking about who's going to be that number two. And I thought, you know what? Marcus Morris kind of seems like that guy. And Marcus Morris has been hurt. And that certainly is part of the problem here is that Marcus Morris is a guy that carried the load in New York. And he's a guy that could very well help out PG. But he has not been healthy. He needs to be healthy for the Clippers to succeed. It's it's that simple. And the Clippers have a certain formula. And they've had the last couple of years under Tyloo, where you have guys that are all good players. Reggie Jackson's a good player. Nick Batum's a good player. Zou's a good player. Marcus Morse is a good player. You take out one of those good players along with Kawhi Leonard, and you're in trouble. I mean, you are frankly very likely to be a team that's going to have to fight to be in the play-in game, whether it be a 9-seed or a 10-seed. You need to have everyone healthy. And so... I'm going to take a quick little turn and talk about Eric Bledsoe. And this pod's going to be a little bit all over the place because I kind of want to hit on different things. But here's the thing with Eric Bledsoe. I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter about how the Clippers clearly miss Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly wouldn't have allowed the Clippers to lose in certain forms and fashions that they have recently. And guess what? I agree. I do agree that Pat Beverly wouldn't allow this type of stuff to happen. And Pat Beverly is a guy that's a dog and he gets out there and he fights and he's not going to let you have his, not going to let you run over his team. It's just not going to happen. But here's the thing. The issue with Pat Beverly all along, and you could talk about Bledsoe and how poor he has been recently, is that Pat Beverly has not stayed healthy, especially when they need him in the postseason. And so that is the big problem. This is a team that has postseason aspirations. If you're looking right now at this team this year, and you think they can win the title, they can't. This team, as the roster currently looks, with no Kawhi Leonard, cannot win the NBA title. So whether you have Bledsoe or whether you have Pat Beverly, it doesn't matter. This deal was made in order to get guys who are going to be healthy, ideally, You obviously can't predict health and guys are going to be able to attack the paint like Bledsoe has shown he can do and surround him with three point shooters. You take off a Marcus Morris and you take off a Kawhi Leonard and that basically zaps three quarters of the powers that Bledsoe is supposed to have. Because what you're doing is then you're replacing Kawhi Leonard and Marcus Morris with Nick Batum and you're replacing him with a Reggie Jackson. Okay, it just doesn't work. And Eric Bledsoe is having to start instead of come off the bench. So here's the issue. The issue is that Eric Bledsoe obviously has not been great. But the things that we're seeing from Eric Bledsoe are he's been able to attack the paint. He's been able to be a pest on the defensive end. His shooting has not been good. Okay, that's obvious. His shooting has not been good, especially from three. But we knew that was the case. However... Eric Bledsoe is 3 for 16 from 3 to start this season. Eric Bledsoe is not a 19% shooter from 3. He's just not. Like, some of this stuff is going to normalize, okay? You talk about regression, and there's regression to the means negatively, and also positive regression. Eric Bledsoe from 3 in his career, if we look at the last couple of years, 34% last year, 34% the year before, 33% the year before that. 35% 35% the year before that, he's not all of a sudden an 18 or 19% three-point shooter. He's just not. So these guys are going to hit shots, and when they hit shots, they're going to go on a run where they're going to win a lot of games. It's that simple. They are going to win a decent chunk of games when they go through a hot stretch where they're shooting the ball well. When you put up 40 to 50 threes a game, you're going to end up in a game where you hit 20 of them and you end up blowing someone out. That's going to happen. It's You just have to look at the numbers. It's going to happen. When this Clippers team is as reliant on the three ball, and they're as cold as they have been from three, you're going to lose a lot of games. You look at the game against Portland, where the Clippers ended up winning by 30. In that game, the Clippers shot 33% from three. Not good. Not good at all. But they shot 47%, and they held Portland to 37.5%. So the Clippers are doing things right. Their defense has been good this season, okay? They're not getting back quick enough. That's something that Justin has pointed out as well, is that the Clippers are just missing a, I mean, they're missing a lot of shots. It's that simple, okay? I know I'm saying it's that simple, but it really is. Because when you're a team that doesn't have a number two, and you're relying strictly on Paul George, what you're doing is you're putting a lot of pressure on somebody else to be that number two type guy. And this team doesn't have it right now. Like I said, Marcus Morris very well could be that guy when healthy, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the guy the Clippers are going to get this season. They're not going to get the guy from New York that could go and put up 40 in a game. I don't think that's going to happen. So you need a collective effort, and you need guys to shoot well. One thing that Andrew Greif pointed out that I thought was really interesting is that the Clippers are getting killed on the glass. And so what they're doing is that they're not able to get out and transition. And this is a team with Eric Bledsoe that likes to run, ideally. And if Bledsoe's able to run, he can get into the paint, can get those three-on-twos, can get those four-on-threes, and kick to a guy in the corner for three. Minnesota is the only team that has fewer box outs than the Clippers' 6.6 this season. That's not good. Andrew Greif pointed that out on Twitter. Okay, I think that's a really interesting stat. So it tells you the Clippers aren't rebounding well, and they're not shooting well. How simple is the game of basketball if you rebound well and you shoot well? Very. If you're not doing those things right, if you're not doing the little things right in basketball, you're, you're in trouble. You really are in trouble. It's one of those things in basketball where it's a complex game, but if you do the fundamentals correctly, then you end up seeing the results and they end up being pretty positive. So, with the Clippers, you look at their schedule. They've got Oklahoma City tomorrow, at Minnesota Wednesday, at Minnesota again on Friday, Charlotte, who's been pretty good on Sunday, but that's at home, versus Portland, versus Miami, versus Minnesota, versus Chicago, versus San Antonio, okay? That is a six-game homestand after they have two games at Minnesota. And, of course, you have the game against Oklahoma City next. Oklahoma City should be an easy win. What you need to do is the Clippers have had the benefit of a couple days off. It's the first time this season where they've had more than one day off. So they went from Friday at Portland to playing on their home court on Monday. So they have two days of practice on Saturday and Sunday. And what that allows you to do is just fix the things that you have been messing up on. And I think the extra day of practice is going to be so important for the Clippers because I think Ty Lue is an excellent coach and he's going to figure out what's going wrong. Can he fix the three-point shooting? No. They're getting open looks. They're getting looks that he likes. Can they fix their defense? Can they fix their rebounding? Yes. Some of that stuff can absolutely be schemed. You can figure it out where things end up going in your way or rather going your way. It's one of those things in basketball where... You wonder, oh, what are you doing in practice? There are definitely things you can do in practice. And also, it's about hustle and energy. If you're not hustling, which is one thing that Pat Beverly certainly brought to the Clippers, then you're in trouble. And so I get it. Pat Beverly right now, would the Clippers be one and four, Pat Bev? Probably not. But would it matter when you look at the postseason? I don't think so, okay? This is a move that they made. For the postseason and during the regular season without Kawhi Leonard there. They need healthy bodies. Now, what happens if Pat Beverly gets hurt and he misses 20 games and you don't have an Eric Bledsoe type guy? Then your rotation, which I've already talked about, you lose one piece, you're in trouble. You lose another piece, then you're really in trouble. Okay? And you could be asking me, then what's the point? Why are you even trying this year if you don't think you can win the title? Well, you don't know if Kawhi's going to come back at the end of the season. So you're just trying to float and get to that seven, six, eight spot, which the Clippers certainly can do if they start making shots. So you need to be healthy, though. It, it's it's tough to win basketball games when you're not healthy. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's talk about our ten- friends over at Manscaped. They've got the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. Whether it is a birthday gift, a Christmas gift, a Hanukkah gift, any type of holiday that you set up celebrate manscaped has got you covered the lawnmower 4.0 the ultra smooth package they have you ready to be nice and clean below the belt whether it is the scissors that you break out you have those nicks and those cuts whether it's something else silly that you're trying to do that puts you in pain stop doing that go to manscaped and get the lawnmower 4.0 i'm telling you their product is tremendous They've got that 4,000K LED spotlight. You can turn it on and off when you need a more precise shave. they got different sizes for the guard length, whether you want to get close shave or not as close. They have the Ultra Smooth Package. Which is a three-step kit to help your family jewels protect, protected. The crop exfoliator, the crop gel, the crop shaver. It's all there. Get 20% off and free shipping with code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. Com. okay so we've talked about eric bledsoe we've talked about the clippers three-point shooting talked about their rebounding and we've talked about the schedule and the schedule is very favorable coming up the clippers need to figure out a way in this 10 game stretch or so and and you can even extend it if you want to go past at memphis at new orleans which also not difficult games that home to Dallas, Dallas again, Detroit, Golden State, New Orleans, Sacramento, before you face the Lakers on December 3rd, it is a very favorable schedule. I mean, incredibly favorable schedule. I don't think I've seen a schedule this favorable for the Clippers in a long time. And it is like an 18-game stretch that the Clippers have before they take on the Lakers on December 3rd, where they can... Go 12 and 6. It's certainly possible. But you've got to start racking up wins now. If you don't start racking up wins now and you head to December and you've got to face the Lakers, Boston, Phoenix, Utah, Denver, Brooklyn, Boston, again, Toronto, and you got to do that with a bad record, then you're looking very likely to finish 11th, 12th. you got to start getting wins now. Now, I want to talk about Paul George, what he is doing this year. And we talked about it with Schaap and I talked about it on the podcast with Shane. This is a guy that certainly has the ability to get to the point where he was when he was third in the MVP voting in 2018-19. He has just been remarkable. This season in five games, he's averaging 27.6 points per game. He has not averaged. That many points since 2018-19, where he finished with 28 points. You look at assists, 4.1 that year. This year, he's at 3.6. It's down a little bit. And why? Because guys aren't making shots. And because he's having to do a little of it offensively. Rebounding, 7.8 rebounds per game. Second most rebounds he's had in his career. The most rebounds? That came in 18-19. He had 8.2. He is shooting from the field. 50%. He hasn't shot that high in years. Never. He's never shot that high. He's not going to shoot that high. Three-point percentage, 37.5%. I'm fine with it. Even though that's his worst three-point percentage since 15, 16, I'm fine with it. Take a bunch of shots, I'm fine with it. So what we're seeing with Paul George is a guy that is doing it all. He's being asked to do absolutely everything for this team. And you can't do that. You can't put that type of pressure on Paul George. You you have guys around him that you've paid money to that are role players. And when you're a role player, you need to play your role. You need to fill a void. And for Nick Batum, that's hitting his shots. That's playing good defense. For Eric Bledsoe, that's getting into the paint. That's kicking to an open shooter. That's causing havoc defensively. Making a couple threes each game. For Luke Kennard, that's being that sniper from three. Okay, From Zoo, that's being the tough guy defensively that you've been known to be and getting rebounds, whether it be offensive or defensive for Marcus Morris, when he comes back, that's scoring. Everybody has a void that needs to be filled. And for Reggie Jackson, this is a guy that was incredible in the playoffs. He just hasn't quite gotten to that level yet this season. And I said, he wasn't going to get to that level. He's just not going to be the guy we saw in the postseason. He went through an absolute heater. You see a guy at a poker table that is winning hand after hand after hand. He is on a heater, okay? Reggie Jackson was on a heater during the playoffs. Can he go and be someone better than he is right now? Absolutely. Can he make shots? Yes. Can he be a facilitator? Yes. He can do all of that. Reggie Jackson is certainly capable. And if every single guy ends up playing a role, and they say, obviously, five hands is better than one, okay? And that's the case here. If you go and ask Paul George to do everything, you're in trouble. But if you have 5 guys that are all contributing on the court and doing their job, you don't need that one guy to do everything. But everyone else is helping out and they're building it. They're building that house faster. That's what's happening now. Is the Clippers right now are not getting the help. And once they get the help to surround Paul George, I think they're going to be a much better basketball team. So, I think we are overreacting a little bit to the Clippers start 1 in 4. Because I think they need to make shots. I think that's very doable. I think you're going to see regression. And it's going to be positive regression. There's going to be games where the Clippers start making shots. It's going to, it's going to happen. Same thing with Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is not going to shoot 18-19% from three. He's going to have positive regression. Okay. Reggie Jackson's going to have positive regression. Terrence Mann needs to be the guy the Clippers had in the postseason. He needs to be that spark. He needs to be that energy off the bench. He's certainly capable. Okay. Now, I think we are, at the same time, we're looking at this team and we're underreacting. I mean, we're, we're not, so we're overreacting a little bit Derek Eric Bledsoe. I, I think we're underreacting a little bit to what this team is capable of. Because I think we we're looking at the Clippers as a five or a six seed. You look at this team now and they are very average around Paul George. Like I said, though, you have a lot of guys who can certainly be that piece that can help connect the puzzle. But the, M- the West is pretty good. I mean, you look at the West right now, and the Clippers, we were talking about finishing possibly sixth. The Warriors, very good. They're just going to get Klay Thompson back and be even better. The Utah Jazz, they're very good. Denver Nuggets, they also are very good with Jokic. The Mavs, they're okay. Not that high on them. Same with Sacramento. Portland, eh. But you look at the Lakers, they're 3-3. Three and three. I think they're going to be better. Phoenix is going to be better than 2-3. and three. Memphis, I think, is better than 3-3. Three and three. The Clippers just have teams in front of them that are good basketball teams. I mean, the Warriors, the Jazz, the Nuggets, I would say the Mavs, the Lakers, the Suns, the Grizzlies, I think are all better than the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. That puts the Clippers at about the 8 or 9 seed, which is, I think, what's realistic for this team. So it's going to be interesting. It is certainly going to be interesting looking at the Clippers and what they do coming up will they be able to put it together. They have not been able to put it together in the first 5 games of the season. They had one good win against Portland and that was at home. You got to get more from Zoo. Zoo just has not been good enough this season. 1 for 5 like he did last game is not acceptable. Okay. 11 points, 4 rebounds the game before, not acceptable. Zoo getting five or less rebounds, which he's done in three of the five games this season, is not acceptable. He needs to be in double digits for rebounds. He needs to earn his playing time. He needs to make his shots. He needs to make his free throws. He's shooting 59% from the free throw line. That's not good enough. This Clippers team, for a couple of years, has looked better with Zoo on the floor. He's got to be better. Nick Batum has got to hit his shots. Reggie Jackson can't go three for 12 like he did last game. Bledsoe can't go one for six. Frankly, this Clippers team just cannot get poor performances from everybody besides Paul George. You need two of those four I just said to be better. You can have a couple of bad performances, but you need Batum, Zoo, Reggie Jackson, Bledsoe. You need two of those four need to have pretty good games along with Paul George in order to get wins. So we'll see if it happens. I'm certainly interested to see the Clippers and how they perform over the next 18 games because the schedule is certainly favorable before they take on the Lakers in December. Appreciate you listening to me. This has been great. My name is Brandon Marcus at BD Marcus on Twitter. The Clippers Twitter handle for the Hoop Ball podcast is Hoop Ball Clips. Go ahead and follow that as well. Post the podcast whenever the podcast is up. And of course, I always retweet it as well. Thank you, the listener. If you go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating or view the podcast as well. It always helps. Until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus and Go Clips.